welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. Exhortation by Larson Hicks on November 7th, Lord's Day Service. Our exhortation comes from 2 Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 10, which says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. So God created reason. God created logic. And God himself is consistent and he is true. Um, but his characteristics sometimes can be difficult to follow uh, with our human logic. Um, and he is not bound by logic uh, in the same way that we are. So, for example, logically speaking, one cannot also be three, um, but that's only true of physical things that we can observe with our senses. God can be three in one simultaneously. He's told us that. And so if the creator of the universe says it's true, then it's our use of logic that needs to change. Uh, it's our use of logic that has fallen short. It's not God. He remains true. Our logic needs work. So Hebrews 11 talks about uh, the definition of faith being the, the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. So we have faith in a God that we cannot see, and I'd like to add, in a God that we cannot fully comprehend. Sometimes we run into paradoxes in our theology, and if we're not careful, they can cause us to fall into confusion or a crisis of faith or uh, uh, doubting our, our assurance of salvation. So for example, the Bible teaches that we're saved by grace through faith, and that faith itself is a gift of God. And we know that scripture teaches us that God predestines us before the foundations of the world. We also know that there are goats among the sheep who seem to have faith, but who fall away. And so here's the place where if we're not careful, we can be tempted to try and take a logical leap with our, with our theology. So for example, scripture tells us that, that God, um, that we're predestined, uh, but then logically speaking, if we do the inverse, uh, we, we'd say that if, if, uh, if, we're not predestined, then there's nothing we can do to be saved, right? And logically that makes sense. But I think the problem with this, this kind of approach is that while it may be logically true, that statement, if you're not predestined, then you can't be saved, um, scripture doesn't call us to dwell on this. Scripture doesn't, doesn't give us that, that negative inverse uh, logical uh, formulation. Philosophically, mathematically, it may be a valid argument, but pastorally, the words of scripture, the words of the good shepherd to his flock uh, are different. This, so, so that statement um, is not scripture. It's a philosophical abstraction. And I think it falls short. So as Christians, we must depend on scripture alone. We look to scripture, not doctrine or theology, for our nourishment and encouragement. Scripture is our only rule for faith and life. We have no promise in scripture that systematic theology will give us faith that it will give us joy or life or assurance or anything else. Those things can only come from the eternal word of God and his spirit. We must remember to keep our theology and our doctrine or our ideology in its proper place. Doctrine is a kind of fence or, or boundary of protection. It's, it's, it's a way to guard the flock um, against false teachers. So theology and doctrine can do a really good job of telling us who God isn't um, in a, in a way that's, that's logical and, and precise, 
Um, but, it, but it sometimes has a hard time telling us who God is. So if we hear, for example, somebody saying something like, God is not sovereign or God is not omnipotent, we know, oh, no, no, that, that, we know that can't be true because that, that violates our doctrine. Um, but in order for doctrine to be able to make clear logical statements, it has to kind of zoom in and narrow in on a very specific thing that, that, that it can deal with, right? And so in contrast, look at how what God does in the parable of the prodigal son, how incredibly God reveals to us his character. It's not in a logical syllogism, right? It's not in a, a, a tidy formulation, but, but that parable of the prodigal son uh, reveals depths of God's character that, that, are, that are deep and profound. And it's because um, that's how God, who is the living word, reveals himself to us. And so God has revealed himself to us in his word, and there's no better way to nourish and strengthen our faith than to encounter the living God in his living word and sacrament, and to then respond in faith and obedience with a broken and contrite heart. And so back to our theological paradox. How can I have assurance that my faith is real when logically speaking, uh, logically speaking, when, when I'm not sure if I'm elect? I can't have faith, right? The answer is to turn to scripture, to simply repent and to believe. Second Peter, as we, we said earlier, says, make your calling and election sure, not by thinking deeply about how God accomplishes election or trying to hold your election up to the light bulb and determine whether or not it's perfectly intact um, or, or, or to look back at, at your, your spiritual experience and try to make sure it was sincere. No, Second Peter, if we go back to that passage in Second Peter chapter one, Peter commands us to make our calling and election sure by, quote, supplementing your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Peter goes on to say that whoever lacks these qualities is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. So this is what scripture commands us to do with our struggles with unbelief. Pursue virtue and godliness and brotherly love. This is how we make our calling and election sure, not morbid introspection or navel gazing, not dwelling on the paradoxes of our systematic theology. Remember, if we are able to fit God into our heads, then that's a small God. He can't, he can't possibly be God if, if we could comprehend and understand every aspect of him. And so my encouragement to you is that while there may be philosophical extrapolations from scripture that are logically valid, we've got to guard against dwelling upon or exploring the depths of philosophy as a means for gaining greater assurance. Scripture is where we should turn. Repent, believe, and be baptized. Are you baptized? Do you repent? Then rest in Christ, trust him. There's no need to question whether or not you are elect or predestined. That's God's job, that's God's part. If he has led you to repentance, if he has led you to be baptized, then you ought to respond in faith and obedience to what he has done. That is where our salvation lies, in what God has done. So again, did you grow up in a Christian family where you were baptized and raised uh, to believe in Christ and his word? That's a clear and obvious sign of God's blessing on you and of God's work of salvation in your life. You didn't choose to be in that family. God did that. We love God because he loved us first. So dwelling upon whether or not you are elect is not something that God encourages us to do. 
and more likely than not, I would say that, that, that it's, it's a work of Satan whispering in our ear, did God really say that you are his, that you are saved? I think the right response to those kinds of situations, those kinds of struggles is to rebuke Satan and to trust in God, trust in his word, trust in what he's done in your life. And also, if you're struggling with assurance, I encourage you to pray the prayer of the, of the father of the boy who had an unclean spirit. Uh, what he prayed to Jesus, which was, I believe, help my unbelief. In the Old Testament, God's people get their name, Israel, from that time when Jacob wrestles with God and he gives him the name Israel, which literally in Hebrew means wrestle with God. And so Jacob encounters God, wrestles with him, and his name is changed forever to Israel, which also becomes the name of God's people. They are the people who wrestle with God. It is a mark of God's people. We are the people who wrestle with God. And like Jacob, that experience changes us and as, as it did for him as he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. And so despite what false teachers like Joel Osteen or televangelists or seeker-friendly ch- t- uh, churches want to tell you, being one of God's people, an Israelite grappling with God is not always easy. They'll tell you that if you're right with God, living your best life, then it will always be sunshine and roses and happiness. But we know there are dark depths in faith. Just read the Psalms. There are trials that the Lord sends us that plunge us into confusion, into times of chaos, fear, doubt. But we also know that scripture tells us that God sends us these things in order to strengthen us, in order to strengthen our faith uh, and to test it and prove it. And so we don't greet doubt or trial or temptation with questions about whether or not I'm saved, but instead we ought to respond in faith, respond with a contrite and broken spirit that cries out to God and says, help me, help my unbelief. And look at all of scripture. Look at the character of God. Is God the father, an angry father, just waiting for you to screw up so he can crush you, just waiting to kick you out of his family at the first slip up? No. (laughs) Have you read the Old Testament? The entire story is the exact opposite. It's God the Father calling his people, a stubborn people who keep turning away from him, who keep going to worship false gods. It is him pursuing over and over and over, pursuing them, calling them back, blessing them. And so regardless of whatever single proof text you're wrestling with, um, and trying to look at in isolation, this is undoubtedly the character of the God of all of scripture that he's revealed to us from Genesis to Revelation. He is a long-suffering, patient, and faithful God who will never leave or forsake his people, and you can rest assured in him. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com.